futuro of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio is here. Unemploymentradio.com. I mean, when I saw it going on, I just felt like, you know, should I stand up and say something? No. Should I make a point of it? Because there, there were so many people that were doing it wrong. If you want to continue going where you are headed, I don't think you should do that at all. But what if I just asked, like, when I, when I boarded, and I was just like, okay, you know, I know you have to give all your safety things. I have a lot of respect oh, for what you're doing. Would you mind afterward if I just gave a little bit of a... A little bit of a speech An of my addendum? Own. An addendum to it. Just some, you know, they, these don't have to be your rules. I can say... But they're general things that we should probably follow. I think no, that would be really cool. I don't think I can even do it before well. you get on the plane. Oh, this is brilliant. Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I'm Greg Nibbler here with Sarah Stillen. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network and available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. And thank you for finding us. Of course, you can go to funemploymentradio.com, click on the Audible link, and sign up for a free trial, get two free audiobooks, and, uh, all right, and continue and I want, on your way. I am very curious as to what you're listening to because Greg made a very bold statement before the show. He was like, <laughs> Sarah, I do believe... That I might be listening to the dorkiest book that I have ever heard. Yeah. And I find that very hard to believe because I know you've listened to a lot of extremely dorky books. I have listened to a lot of extremely dorky books. So I want to know what sets this one apart so much so. I mean, I've been on my general sci-fi kick for over a year now. Probably about a year. Previous to that, it was all Stephen King. You and and I both got on our same – I got on my Sue Grafton like 90s murder mystery kick right at the same time you got really super into space. Yeah. 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 Super into space. Super into space. And I'm super into 90s private detective novels. Well, this one, I I will say it may be the dorkiest one. And it, this is following but, up okay. the previous dorkiest I one. I need to know how and why. All right. I can give a basic synopsis because this isn't going to spoil the original book. And and I'll, I'll say, Oh, it's <laughs> just saying it out loud. Oh, you yes. You know what? Why don't I pull it up and I'll read the description actually that's on there so that way I'm not spoiling anything. So the original one, I'm reading the sequel right now. The original book is called Children of Time. And it's by an author named Adrian Tchaikovsky. It's a very strong name. Strong name. Super strong name. And this is is the description. Adrian Tchaikovsky's critically acclaimed standalone novel, Children of Time, is the epic story. Slow down, Greg. I can tell you're self-conscious, so you're rushing through it. It's the epic story of humanity's battle for survival on a terraformed planet. Do you know what terraformed planet is? I do not. Okay, it's where you take like a regular planet, like a, like say Mars, and you terraform it. You genetically, scientifically engineer it so that humans can live on it. Okay, so it just means so humans can live. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, on the planet, like All without right. having, like you grow grass and change the atmosphere and make water. Coincidentally, I'm playing a mobile app game that's exactly that right now too. This is, oh wow, this is dork, dork down. Uh, who will inherit this new earth? The last remnants of the human race left a dying Earth desperate to find a new home among the stars. Following in the footsteps of their ancestors, they discover the greatest treasure of the past age, a world terraformed and prepared for human life. But all is not right in this new Eden. In the long years since the planet was abandoned, the work of its architects has borne disastrous fruit. The planet is not waiting for them pristine and unoccupied. New masters have turned it from a refuge into mankind's worst nightmare. Now two civilizations are in a collision course, both testing the boundaries of what they will do to survive. Wait, wait, that doesn't sound so dorky. What's so dorky about it? (sighs) Just admit it. 
Well, I'll, okay, I'll say what it is. This is a minor spoiler, but it's in like the first chapter, and then this really doesn't. You see it everywhere. It's sentient spiders that have taken over the planet, and they are now ruling it. Oh boy, they're in. And the humans are there, and they want what's theirs, but the science has gone wrong, and something disastrous has happened. Wasn't expected to be this way. With the spiders. Yes. Uh, are so, they like spider sized or are they like jumbo spiders? A little, a little, a little both. But I mean, I don't want to spoil anything. For those of you, if that was of any interest to you, I am now. Oh, it's so dorky. It goes so down the dork, the dork road. But I ended up, I got the sequel. So now I'm listening to the sequel. Children of Ruin. But you do. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Let's work. It, it's but are you enjoying fun. it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I will say the first one wasn't my favorite of all the ones that I've that I've listened to. Um, Into the Baba Burst is probably my favorite ones. Or uh, the, the Interdependency. Those are, those are two of my other favorite series. Okay. This is, uh, this is something I'm listening to. Yeah, but I don't see why that's any more dorky than anything else. Oh, it's so – oh. I mean – I can't really explain except I for the fact that they go to, real into the science. I listen to real historical the, books about the history of Twin Peaks. Like That's true. Everybody has their dorky stuff. I'm saying even for me. Even for me. This right. one's this one's. But you're lot. enjoying it at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the best-selling books. The other one was. I mean, it, it's very well-reviewed. But uh, that's that's the one I'm on. Children of Time. All right. It's the first one. And now I'm listening to Children of Ruin. Anyway, you can pick out whatever you want. At, uh, With by no going judgment. To, no judgment at all by going to funemploymentradio.com and clicking on the Audible link. I have no right to judge anyone after what I'm what I'm listening to. So, but I do judge though. Uh, so, so that's what that, that's where we're going with that. Are we also going to like state for the record that Greg's a little spazzy today because I'm in a lot of pain right now, physically. <laughs> and it's, he might have injured for no himself. cool reason, a perfectly fine all the way from waking up today, just nothing wrong at all. And then for some reason I stood up wrong about midway through this morning. And, um, and my back is in extreme pain right now. All you youngsters so, out there, that is like the most detrimental thing. It's like the most mundane of tasks, how you hurt yourself when you get older. Yeah. I pulled my neck. Like I strained my neck for like three days because I turned too fast to the right. Yeah. I have done that. Yeah. Well, so I, Greg just decided to stand up and his body was like, uh-oh. Yeah. Yep. So now he is in a great deal of pain and he's I trying to power through. a great deal of through. pain. This is true. But I'm, uh, but I'm going to... Go ahead and power through this and uh, and continue on. So anyway, go to funemploymentradio.com, click on the audible link. Now back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. Yeah, and I do want to address this. This has been kind of a, a couple of weeks of travel that are going on. So coming up this week, this is Monday, August 19th. On Thursday, August 22nd, Sarah, myself, a bunch of our friends are actually flying down to San Diego and then to Me- then going to Mexico. I am so excited because so, we get to see... Tijuana. Yes. So, and then we're going to go into this later on in the week, but it's my brother's birthday, and my brother knows a lot of my friends too. And so there's a bunch of us going down there. We're going to fly down to San Diego, get picked up, drive through Tijuana, and then to Rosarito, Rosarito, Mexico. Is where Which I didn't be. think that I'd been to Tijuana before, but I was talking to my mom, and she's like, oh, yeah, we because I grew up and I was born in, uh, outside of San Diego. Yes, yeah, I was going to say grew up. How no, long not were you grew there? Up. I, I don't want to claim California. Are you kidding me? I was there for like, what, three years? 
Yeah, so I wouldn't say that's growing up in California. I am not claiming to have grown up there. I'm saying I lived there for a few years, and I guess when I um, when I was young, my parents would take us across the border quite a bit to like because you could just walk across. I guess back then because it was a very long time ago, and they would just like do like a walking tour and walk over to Tijuana and like take us to Mexico. Oh yeah, or take me to Mexico and then like come back. Yeah, but I have no recollection of it. My only recollection of Tijuana. Well, not recollection, but knowledge of Tijuana is from the various television shows and movies I've watched about it. Most recently, yeah. The O.C., Oh God. where they go across the border. Most recently, that's like a 20-year-old series, isn't it? I know. I just watched like a couple episodes. Oh, of it. no. Yeah. Preparing for our Tijuana vacation. That is not what you should do to prepare. And I'm, by the way, it's not a Tijuana vacation. <laughs> None of us are staying in Tijuana. You just have to go through it to get to where we're going. Yeah. Yeah, it's not... I'm just kind of excited slash nervous to see it. I've just seen it referenced in movies and television it's shows. It's going to be fine. It's just a city. I know, but isn't it, it's like it's the seedy underbelly, Do you want to go into the seedy underbelly? I don't want to go into the seedy underbelly, but I don't want to see the seedy underbelly. Can arrange for that to happen. Oh, you want to see it? Well, just from a safe distance in the car. <laughs> so you want to be... <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. uh, well, we will be going through there, but we'll explain more of that uh, coming up later this week about uh, about that whole trip. But with that, you know, that's another flying... A trip, and then last week, I I flew to Savannah and back. And there's a couple things that I noticed on the flight that I didn't get a chance to talk about on Friday. Oh boy, it's about something I've observed with travelers, as we've talked about before in the show. I believe that I have um, extensive knowledge of what the proper way to travel is, as far as what societal rules should should be uh, invoked by your fellow passengers. You know, there's the rule. Are these new ones? Are these like, as you've, there is as, as you've become more of a, do you fancy yourself more of a traveler now? I've got, well, yeah, I have been traveling a lot this, this, um, uh, this year. So I guess as doing that, I've figured out a couple of things that might be good addendums to my rules of traveling. And we've talked about before the, the, uh, shared armrest. The first one there gets to claim that armrest. Oh yeah. And then, you know, that's, that's their armrest. Now, if they, uh, abandon their post, that leaves it up up and open, which is why you never are supposed to go use the bathroom when you're on a plane, because then you abandon your shared armrest and you're out of luck. Oh boy! So there's that rule. There's uh, you know the space rule. Your legs can't extend beyond what's in, right in front of you, so you can't do the widespread thing. I agree with that. Because yeah, that it one's is annoying. like your it is your land or your world or whatever, and you get to have your own space. I've had people who've like diagonally like put their feet like underneath the chair in front nah, of me. No, that's, that's not, not cool. cool. Not cool. That's not cool. Not cool. No, no. You're you're and your knees. You got to keep your knees together. They Which can't I, be extending beyond where your seat is. I into do have to say, space. with our flight on Thursday, I am a little excited because usually we fly a lot. You know, like later at night. So this one is going to be interesting because I haven't flown during the day in a really long time. Really? I'm always flying red eyes. Huh. So I wonder what the rules are, like how different they are between like during the day and at night. Because usually I'm happy when to I'm at, answer those questions I'm, I'm not asking you. So I just like, you know, because at night I always feel bad because like I have to like use the bathroom. Then you have to like walk over the person because usually I'm stuck in the middle seat because of course I am. Uh-huh. And, you know, having to jostle them yeah. and wake them up. So do people still sleep on planes during the day? Oh, I do. I slept a good portion of all of my flights. Oh, I am poking you the entire time. I will say the Atlanta to Savannah for, and, and vice versa, um, I slept almost all of that. Except for like the very beginning. Well, the very beginning is kind of hard. That's hard for me to stay awake for. But then the very end. But I love flying. And it does. It relaxes me. So, yeah, I was definitely sleeping. However, there was something uh, what I didn't have was the window seat. And I am a window seat person. I was on the aisle seat for all of these, which is an odd experience. People bump you in the elbow, and it was weird for me. It's not where I 
With the aisle seat? Yeah. Oh, I like the aisle seat. I don't. Yeah. It's not my not my jam. It's better than middle seat. Middle seat's worse. Yeah. I mean, that's I enjoy the the aisle seat. I I like the aisle seat even at like a movie theater. Yeah. I don't like feeling trapped. That might explain a lot about me. Mm -hmm. But I don't like feeling like I can't go, like leave or do anything if I need to. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I'm just assessing some of my. my, Yeah. Just like life stuff right Uh now. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I like to be able to escape. Yeah. Whenever I want. <laughs> but where would you escape to? Because you're still to on the To the bathroom plane. or something. Like, I hate it. I don't like to know that I can't use the facilities if I need to. So the facilities are a real focus. They are a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't, like, if, if I do, especially, you know, if, you, if you're on a plane and, like, you might have had a couple of cocktails or something and you need mm-hmm. to use the restroom. Like, I want to be able to not stress out to know that I don't, that I'm not going to wake up an angry person that I have to climb over. But, I mean, who cares if that person's angry? It's still. Then you have to sit next to them and it's super awkward and I know you don't oh, care well. about that. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. they have to get up, they have to get up. They, that's the consequence of sitting on the outside. Why do you think I like sitting on the, on the window? Like, I don't have to use the restroom very often, and then I don't have to get up for anybody, and I can just sit there. But here's the thing. The window seat also does come with responsibilities, and responsibilities that I really saw over this um, this last week that I saw responsibilities that were ignored. And this is why I think, again, I have an addendum here to the rules of travel that I can add on to. And it's this. If you are at the window seat, and I'm realizing this. I feel like your pain is making you crazier. No. You sound a little like you're wearing Kleenex box shoes and you're like dictating, like, like writing down Kleenex your Kleenex box diatribe. shoes? Yes. <laughs> what, what, what is the Kleenex box you shoes? You sound like you're do? kind of crazy rambling a little. Oh, okay. Yeah, it could It's be. great though. Keep going. I am in extreme pain right now. Uh, so so the, the, the rules of that as far as the window are concerned is that if, you, if you're going to sit there, you have a responsibility because you are the controller of... Of what's outside. You're the controller of the view of the world. It's a, it's a lot of power right there. You can shut it off and say, nope, you can close that window. And no, no one gets to see what's outside. And that, yeah, that's that including a lot of people. Sucks. Or you can open it up and be like, hey, behold, now we all get to enjoy this view together. Mm, but sometimes it's too bright. Okay. And this it depends is where this is also a day flight different thing than me because usually the window doesn't bother me uh-huh. because it's out of the picture. Because I'm usually flying a red eye, which means like really late okay. at night or super early in the morning. Okay. So I can't even see out of it. So this is where there's a responsibility there. I mean, it's a really big – there's a lot of factors that go into it. And I feel like – Is this something new? This yeah, is something that because you just... nobody opened up the windows the entire time on either <laughs> flights. And I've never been to Georgia before, so I wanted to see the countryside. I want to like look out and just be like, oh, look, there's a – Oh, it's a country. There's a Georgia lake, you know, or whatever. There's a Georgia farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just like to see it. I like to, you know, I like to see what's, what's down there. And it doesn't have to be the entire time. But these people, all four times, the four different people who had control of the windows, never lifted them up. Hmm. Not, uh, not once. You, they got on and instantly closed that thing down. See, and I don't like that. I don't think that's fair. I it doesn't seem very fair, right? I mean, I think that that warrants a conversation. Yeah, because I think that the window is part of everybody in that. Entire it's not just row. yours. Yeah, it's not just yours. You don't just get to control that. I mean, hmm. granted, if it's super bright, yeah, I get. Now, would you, you want know, to you have establish a responsibility like an, to close that? Down. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. but super bright. But do you want like an open dialogue? Like how how many people get involved? Is it the middle person and the aisle person, or is it just you and the middle person and the aisle person is just a garbage person? It doesn't matter. Well, what, the aisle person? Yeah. The aisle person, I mean, uh, that's who I was during this. I think I should have gotten to have a view out of that. 
I wanted to see what some of that was. But you then can't this really person see like from there anyway. Well, you can when at least maybe like takeoff and landing. It should be it should be available for everybody when you're doing your circling around. I mean, that should absolutely be a possibility. Now I'm taking a look here. Uh, in the live chat, and I'm seeing some people who aren't window people. And I think it's important we all establish what kind of person you are. I am are. not a window person. You are an aisle person. I am not a window person. Okay. It also makes me more nervous. I don't know why. I don't like – it just – Yeah. Sometimes it all depends on my mood because sometimes I'm okay with it, but then other times I look out the window and I'm like, fucking nope, and yeah. I don't want to see anything. See, but then like you're depriving realize. everybody else of that view. No, and I won't look. It's fine. Or else I'll away. change seats with somebody. Oh, yeah. Okay. I am one of those people well, see, that will good. give up my window seat. Now, I'm looking in the chat here. Keelan King, I'm the window closed person. Then you're not a window person. Then that's that's probably not the responsibility you should have. Rick says, I never open the window. I don't like people looking over me. Then you're not a window person. I mean, you figured it out. Then you're an aisle person at that point because if you don't want people looking over you, then, then that's that's the kind of person you are, and there's nothing wrong. No, Mr. Janky is saying, all right, so you're not okay with them claiming their territory the way you do with your armrests, and that is technically in their bubble. It is, which is why it's their responsibility. Yes, you can be a terrible dictator and close off the window. But then you Jacob can do is that. Con- con- contradicting, saying the window is everyone's. Yeah, I mean they are the they're the keeper of the window. All right, so they're the gatekeeper. Let me tell you, I don't necessarily want to talk to people on the plane either. And yeah. by necessarily, I mean I do not want to talk to people on the plane. No, I don't. I don't. Unless no. I'm like panicking, like I've accidentally grabbed if somebody people. I know. Fine, yeah. but well, if I yeah, if I of course, if you're like with a friend or something yeah. or family. Um, the only time I've accidentally talked to people is when like I freak out if like there's turbulence and I've accidentally grabbed someone next to me and then I'm like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I was really freaked out. All right. Um, so how would you go about like making sure that everybody well has a say? Assuming you know, I'm putting this out here because I think. A good way to do that would be is if I were to able to, to give like a speech after the flight attendant goes through their thing, just explaining the power of the All window right, keepers. I'm just I'm still con- the- I'm a little concerned about yes. this. So I'm, I'm looking. So like there are some pretty impassioned arguments in here. There are. People get really worked up about it. Their- if you can't reach the window, it's not yours. All right. Well, if I'm in the middle seat and I can reach the window by reaching over you, is it mine? You're giving a good point right there. That yeah. is a good point. Yeah, by by and that definition, also, which is why it's better. I have actually done it before, where somebody's been like immediately asleep, and they have like an eye mask and stuff on, and they've closed the window. And yeah, I've see, reached, that's not cool. And I've reached open and opened the window before. Yeah, if you're gonna put on an eye mask, you don't get to close that window. Yeah, and be like, I've oh, opened no, I've to. opened the window on a sleeping person. Yeah, that's before. being a real turd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they didn't notice because they yeah. had an eye mask. On. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so good point on that. <laughs> And that's true. And the eye mask is an important factor. I didn't even put that into it. Like, if you're really that worried about the brightness, you can always wear an eye mask. That's true. Then you're not like, fa- that's why I wear an eye mask, because I'm not complaining. I'm not ruining everybody yeah. else's good time. Yeah. I'm just making it dark for myself. You enjoy the window view. Uh, Jacob says, uh, all about the emergency exit seat. You can't, you can't be under 18, but you can still get drunk with way more leg room. See, but he's a, he's a tolly. I understand that. Mm. For tollies, I'm sure... Flying is just a whole different experience that I don't understand. People are getting defensive about this. This is great. Uh, Rick yeah. in the chat says, I shouldn't be punished because I checked in earlier than you. That is incorrect. I mean, I might have checked in earlier than no. you, but I didn't choose the window seat. No. Yeah. I mean, that part doesn't really necessarily apply. I mean, mm-hmm. as far as the checking in, that's usually like a Southwest thing, right? Southwest Airlines, you it's like a mad dash for your seat. Oh, I don't know. It's not a side seat. That sounds awful. Oh, we talked about this before. Yeah. No, that sounds like my It's a side section. Like, I'm already something. nervous enough to fly, like, and then having to, like, battle for my seat. Yeah. That sounds like the fucking worst. Yeah. Yeah. So, then again, this is why there's the responsibility if you are going to be, you know, the window keeper. 
We'll call it the window keeper. Mm-hmm. Should that be the name of it? Sure. I, I was struggling to come up with a name mm-hmm. for that person, but we'll call him the window keeper. Oh, and speaking of planes, I do want to give a shout out to Derek from Black's Pest Services, who did, in fact, uh, fly. He was in an airport the other day, and he wrote to us, and he said that the connecting tube thing from yeah. the airport to the plane is called the jetway. It is the jetway. He heard them say, like, please make your way over to the jetway. Okay. Which that is what it is called. Okay. So now we're all learning a little bit more about airports. All right. Jet set, uh, a jetway. Okay. Now that we know that, I'll have to use that at some point on Thursday. Uh, excuse me. What time does the jetway open? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll put that in there. Uh, so, yeah. T- taking a look here. Just again, a very impassioned. People have wow, Keelan's like this. taking it real personally. He's like, I have yeah. light sensitivity and I will fight a motherfucker over a closed shade. Then you shouldn't be at the, at the window seat. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with that. That's probably the window seat's probably the worst spot for you then. I mean, and that's fine, you know, but I think it's important we all figure out what kind of person we are and, and you know, and then and we, just, we embrace and that. And lean into that. And person. lean into it. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's just kind of how, <laughs> how we should all be. But if you're going to be the window keeper, your response, you know, you have to be, um, you need to, you have a social responsibility. I think if I was not at the close window, that thing off for everybody else, so nobody else gets through. Let me it. ask this: If I have a light sensitive uh, person on the aisle seat, and I'm at the window, yes, and they ask me to close the window because they're light sensitive, but I don't want to close the window. Yeah, and it's super awkward. Oh. What should I do? Oh boy, this is a good question. Okay, so you are at the window. Say I've got a Keelan on the on the aisle seat. All right, you got a Keelan. And situation. he's just like, "Hey, uh, I'm really tired. I'm light sensitive. Uh-huh. I would like the window closed." But uh, in the meantime, like, I want to see flying into fabulous San Diego. Yeah. And yeah, you want to look at that coastline. It's a cool view. It, you don't but get I feel that view guilty very often. because he, you know, because the light might be bothering him. But I also want to look outside. What do I do? <sighs> okay, uh, what I would probably do on something like that. I would do make a compromise, and I'd do a little half, like a, like a halfway closed. So maybe it's, it's not hitting their a eyes. A compromise. A compromise, if you will. Because the middle seat person, it get, they're just kind of getting screwed over this, too. I mean, we don't know what they want. We just have light-sensitive people, um, which I get. You know, that's a thing. It is a thing. That's a thing. Total, totally valid. But which I mean, is why I love my blackout sleeping mask. Also yeah. valid, though, that somebody else should get to enjoy it. I mean, we all pay the same price, right? Ostensibly, in theory. In theory, we all play the same price. So I would say uh, it would have to I – would, I would do a compromise. I'd do a halfway down. Block out some of the light, but you still get to see some of the view. I, too, would do a compromise. Yeah, I'd I be believe. willing to do that. I would be willing to go halfway. Yeah. I think that that's all that you can ask. I think that's fair for everybody. I think everybody. that's fair. It's fair for everyone. Yeah. I don't think – I do not think the window should have to be closed all the way. And I do kind of find person. like it is a personal slight when someone just slams down the window the entire time and doesn't even like – Say like, hey, you want to look out at the that's beautiful what it, mountains? That's what it was for me. All four of them. So I never yeah. got to see outside at all. And then they would they would close it and then just go instantly asleep. So I was like, well, if you're already <laughs> asleep, come on, man. Let me see out there, out of there a little bit. So yes, I think there's uh, there's some compromise that can be happening, but that's part of the responsibility of being the window keeper. All right. Uh, Rick says, are you assuming my seat preference? Not very PC, Greg. No, I'm not assuming it, but I'm saying if you hate the windows, why would you sit next to the windows? Um. No, I like the window. It's easier to sleep against my seat, my window. Oh. Oh. This is getting a little squirrely. It's getting a little testy. I bet these are some of the same people who have complained about some of my rules before. But now oh, yeah. the shoe is on the other foot, if you will. So, yeah. Some, it's funny, some... like, the things that people, like, like, remember when we had the hotel thing that I was talking about? And this guy's like, I don't think I can listen to the show anymore because you're besmirching my hotel job. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like, Whoa. Yeah. It's funny what... 
But it is. Oh, no. This is why I'm saying that these are discussions. These are important discussions that and need Keelan, to be had. And Keelan, it's true. When you do have your private jet, open all or close all those windows, and I will definitely fly in your jet with you. Oh, yeah. I'll still be there. Yeah. 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 We'll be. We'll hang out in your jet in darkness. Uh-huh. We'll do that for you. Yep. I'll, I'll be willing to do that. <laughs> 100%. But see, then it's his jet. It's his rules. I mean, that just makes sense. This, this is, you know, you're, you're buying your seat. Yeah. You have a responsibility, though. Well, I don't really care neighbors. either way because I really do just bring my eye mask if I want to sleep. Yeah. And I have my neck pillow. Yeah. That's true. I w- that's how I roll. That's good. I think one more analogy I would just want to make is okay. to remember this. When you're sitting in your airline seat, you are basically sitting in your own private country, but it doesn't mean you're alone. Like you share, you have your bubble, your personal bubble. You don't cross the borders without permission to cross the That's borders. That's true. And I don't think I would now thinking about it, like again, maybe in this day and age, because I did, I reached across when I was younger to like raise open the window. I don't know if I would invade somebody else's space that way anymore. I think a conversation deserves to be had because here's the thing. Yes, it's your private area. Oh, but a conversation is fair. But, but yes, dialogue is important because just because you control that, imagine if it were a country next to you, like, you know, and you were like, hey, Canada, sorry, we're shutting off the light from you. And the U.S. could just go like, boom, that's not fair. That's not right. So you need to have a conversation about that and be like, Canada, you know what? How about we keep the lower half warm? We'll keep the upper half cold. How's that work for you? And then that's one of the, you know, the ways that it works. It's fair for everybody. You kind of stopped making sense a little while that, ago. That part didn't work out as well no. as I thought it would. <laughs> oh, hello, my friends. My name is Sarah Stillen. How are you? I've missed you. Welcome to my world of crazy. Crazy. All right. Got a first story. Oh, it's about an airport worker. Well, hot Uh-oh. dog. Oh, there's a tie-in. At a, so it's, it's Rochester, right? New York. Or is it Rochester? Or is it Rochester? R-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R. Mm-hmm. Say it. I want to know how, what you think Greg, it is. Greg, I'm asking you. It's not funny if I've asked you. Rochester. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. Rochester. Yep, but then you said Rock, Rochester. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. Okay. Uh, this is out of New York. An airport security worker in New York has been fired after she decided it would be an excellent idea to hand a passenger who had just come through TSA screening a handwritten note that said, you ugly. <laughs> <laughs> this happened uh, in June, and it came to light this past you week. You ugly? You ugly with three exclamation points. Okay. Uh, this came to light this past week after passenger Neil Strassner obtained security video through a public records request and posted it to YouTube. Uh, the video from the Greater Rochester uh, International Airport shows the worker handing Strassner a note after he passed through a metal detector. In what world... Why? Does this Why? person, like, I don't understand. You ugly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a handwritten note to what somebody? What does that even mean, too? Yeah. I mean, just, okay, you think that that person's ugly? Like, this, I, was there some kind of altercation? I don't think that just Was it, it in reference him, to a personality? No, the it video, just, it just, it says that the video just showed him walking through the metal detector and the woman handed him a folded up note. <laughs> Uh, so Strassner said he didn't think much of it and continued toward his gate after she had handed him the note. That's when he heard her yelling at him, you're going to open the note? I don't even know how I would respond to that. I mean, it would hurt my feelings. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> going to lie. <laughs> I know, it's like, I'm already nervous enough and everyone's like frantic and spastic. <laughs> the, t- the TSA agent takes the time out of their day to but write a note. Of course, supposed to be like checking to make sure people aren't bringing like weapons and shit. And then yeah. she's just taunting me and telling me I'm ugly. Stressor says that when he did open the note and look at it, the the woman burst out laughing 
Uh, he later then did complain to her supervisors. Uh, the transportation, the TSA Security Administration, uh, Transportation Security Administration says that the woman worked for a contractor. The agency says it has zero ty- um, tolerance for this type of behavior, and she has been terminated. Oh, okay. I, I mean, know. I'm going to guess that's not the first violation. I'm going to guess there's some other. There has lack. to be something mentally missing. Yeah. To be able to think like, hey, I'm going to do this, and then you think ugly. it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to harass a passenger going through a metal detector and then tell them they're ugly. I will say one thing just about traveling. Using that TSA pre-check, I don't think I talked about it on Friday. That was my first time using it. Oh, my good Lord, it's a game changer. I mean, game changer. It is awesome. Like, how so? Like, I just flew right by the lines every time. Do you have to still, like, go up to the line and, like... You go real Show them your boarding pass? Yep, show them your boarding pass, but you get a separate agent that you show that to... And it's quicker, and then they, you go through. You don't take your shoes off. You don't take your computers out. There's no line or very little line. You walk right through, and then boom, you're you're there. Five what? minutes. What? Five minutes. You're not, like, sweating and trying to put on your shoes nope. as they're shoving the tubs at you? Nope. And they're looking at you like, do you have any weapons on you, ma'am? And I'm nope. like, no, I don't. Nope. Five minutes. That was probably the most that it took me out of, of any of them to go wow. through. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. All right. Yep. Okay, good to know. Just letting you know. All right, I was thinking about applying, so I think I'm going to. Yes. All right, I have another story. Okay. Did you ever watch Friends when it was out? <laughs> have you seen this? Have, have you, you seen this? this? Have you heard about this? this? No, but sir, I actually don't know if you watched it or not. Uh, I, I watched some. I wouldn't say I've seen the entire catalog, but I've watched enough to be familiar like with it. Like a majority of it? Like, do you get the I references? I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I, I would probably. I thought that would be fancy TV, though. No, I mean, Friends was around. Okay. I just wasn't that into Friends, but I I certainly, I mean, it's unavoidable. Well, if you are a fan of Friends, I'm talking to the collective you, not Greg. A super fan, a super fan, a Friends super fan is now being sought to make $1,000 to just sit down and watch 25 hours of Friends. Why? Sit and watch it straight. Well, provider, um, let's see, let's see. This is Frontier Bundles, who is an internet provider. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, they have now posted a dream job for a Friends fan willing to uh, <laughs> willing to binge watch 25 straight hours of Friends and get paid uh, $1,000. So it's well, appro- I'd do that. It's approximately 71 episodes and live tweet the experience. Okay. The chosen fan will also receive a Friends fandom fun pack containing a t-shirt and a mug, also a free year of Netflix. All right. The posting says this job is for any... No, because... You already said that you weren't the biggest fan. Yeah, but I'm a fan of $1,000. This job is for any self-proclaimed diehard friend super fan looking to prove that they're worth. We're in search of the ones who know the quotes, the hilarious scenarios, and all the little details that make the show the tried and true classic that it is. So you just watch Friends for... Such questions as exactly how many sisters does Joey have? Or what is Chandler's job? I, I cannot answer exactly. those. I guess those are the easy ones. Well, if you would like to apply, if you believe that you might be a good fit for this and want 1000 bucks to sit in, on your ass and watch TV for 25 hours, uh, you can apply by looking up Frontier Bundles Friends, and applications are being accepted now through September 3rd. Okay. I mean, I know who the characters' names are. Name them. Ross. Oh, my Rachel. Lord. Faster. Uh, Joey, Chandler, and then uh, David Arquette's ex-wife. Um, Courtney Cox. Uh, she's a... Uh, Monica. And? 
There's another one. There's another one. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, oh, uh, Phoebe. There you go. Yes. Good job. Yep. That was real compelling content there. Thank you. All right. And one more story out of Henrico County, Virginia. Which this story kind of fascinates me. Okay. So, uh, Henrico County, Virginia, this has been happening over the past couple months, um, or past month actually. It seems that residents in Virginia have been visited sporadically by a strange person who they describe as wearing a television set on their head, who has been wandering around Henrico County, leaving vintage televisions on people's porches. I have seen. A video of this. Somebody showed me a video. It is bizarre. It's one. It's so strange. So, so strange. So it's this guy who has, like, basically a television on his head. You can see, like, the stills in the video of it. He's wearing a jumpsuit with a TV on his head. And he's done done this to at least 60 different houses. Uh, So 60 different people have been subjected to this bizarre antic with witnesses say are being done by a guy dressed in a jumpsuit with a TV for a head. Somebody who witnessed it said said it was the weirdest thing. He squats down with the TV on his head, puts down the TV he's carrying, and walks off. It's really weird. Uh, when Ad- this guy, he's a resident, Adrian Garner, said my first reaction was, do we order this? It's not in an Amazon box. It's just kind of strange. Another resident uh, found an old tube-style 13-inch television on his porch uh, who found it kind of funny but can't figure out the purpose for it. He said, is there a, yeah. can't think of any technological or political point that's valid here. It just seems senseless. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, they're the old, like those old tube televisions too, so they're kind of useless. They are. Like nobody wants those because they're so annoying to get rid of. And then it's just like, oh, great, there's a there's television on my front porch now. When I moved out of my last apartment, like eight years ago, I had an old TV. And so I just, there was a garage attached to it. And I totally just shoved that TV like way into the darkest corner of the garage and left it. Yeah. Those TVs, it's better than leaving it on the street. That's not a, that's. <laughs> Officers have picked up most of the TVs already. That, so that citizens won't have to waste time or money dropping off the TVs at the Better than belt. murdering someone. It is better than murdering someone. <laughs> Although no crime has been committed, police are urging anyone who spots the television headed jumpsuit wearing man to call the police. Uh, so this is the second time that uh, Henrico has been tormented with TVs. So uh, last August, this happened as well. I did not know this in Henrico County, Virginia. More than 20 TVs were left on the porches of homes, but it is unknown whether it's connected to the current television head-wearing people. Where are they getting them all? There's got to be like a run on the local like Goodwill bins or something like that, where they're just picking up all these old, useless televisions. Yeah. And then wouldn't you be able to figure it out? I mean, I'm no detective, but... Sounds like you are. I think I am. Yeah. I want to see the tapes for all the thrift store tube televisions. Give me the tapes. Give me the tapes. Put on a pot of coffee. We're going to be here for a while. It's going to be a long night. It's my detective voice. Or like, yeah, there's sandwich wrappers and stuff. You throw them on the ground. Oh, yeah, lots of like throw them in frustration and Uh throw them at the the garbage can and then I make it. Yep. Because I'm cool. And then all of a sudden you see one moment on the tape and you're like, stop Stop it. it. Back it up. Stop right there. Back it up. Back it up. David, back it up. All right, pause. David. Yeah, because they never know how to run the... Like fast forward or rewind themselves. So they have to have a, a guy. An extra guy has to be paid there just to press pause yes. and rewind it. It is, and it's always a guy like a balding guy with glasses. And then I'm drinking coffee out of one of those uh, paper coffee cups with the uh-huh. playing cards on them. Yes. Yeah. You're drinking it. It's, you know, it's kind of bad. It. Back it up. It's kind of bad, you know, because I've been at the station all night. And uh-huh. it, like, kind of tastes a little off. But you know, I need the caffeine to just power through, man. Yep. God yeah. damn it! Zoom in. 
Got him. Bingo. Yeah, and then you got to go go track him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, that's Greg and my detective story. That's the world of crazy. Crazy. How's your back doing there, bud? Oh, it feels, oh, I'm falling apart. Feels amazing. Just feels amazing. Oh, I bet. You know what else is amazing? What? Next Adventure. Oh, they are. Nextadventure.net um, is their website, but they have many different locations for you to visit, including on the corner of Stark and Grand for the main original store right the there. The main extravaganza. It's, yes, indeed. On the corner of Stark and Grand here in Portland, Oregon. Wonderful place. I know a lot of people are going to be flying in for the Fun Employment Radio 10-year anniversary party, which is happening on November 15th, 2019. When you do that, you should probably swing by Next Adventure. Mm-hmm. It's less than three months away. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, but Next Adventure oh, oh, oh. is a great, great, uh, play, great supporter of Fun Employment Radio, and they have anything outdoor related that you could ever want. It's it really is just an. I awesome will say, store. I still have my dry bag from last year, and it is an amazing dry bag because when I went floating last weekend, yeah, it is an amazing magical thing to have. It's pretty great. Yeah, they have all different kinds of those. Anything that you need from like shoes to outerwear to bags to yeah, equipment, to anything, anything. Yeah, yeah, they've got it all. And so it's next adventure in the corner of Stark and Grand or nextadventure.net. Great places to go. And thank you, everyone who listens to Fun Employment Radio. We, are we so do grateful. appreciate it. Yes, yes, indeed. Also, for those of you who are members of the Fun Employment Radio Supporters Club, right now you're going to get the epi- the newest episode of the Mark and Todd cast awesome. before it goes live for anybody else. So uh, this is one's called uh, Underwater Over China Inside Portland, where they talk about a few different things, including the fact that, this is according to Todd, the guy who played the baby Toby in Labyrinth lives here in Portland, works for Henson Puppeteering, and is oh, going to yeah. be his new best friend. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so they talk about a bunch of stuff, but this is something exclusive for the Fun Employment Radio Supporters Club members. You get to hear it before it goes live. All right. So uh, again, Wednesday, will be the, we've got two more shows this week, and then we'll be out Thursday and Friday. And um, then we'll pretty much be back to normal-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's being asked, Keelan just asked, do they have water filters? As a matter of fact, they do have water filters. Oh, my gosh. Really what a great question. Ones. Yeah. Incredible ones. Mm-hmm. Much like the one that I own, which is which means I can drink water anywhere. I mean, I could, anywhere. I could pull that thing Are out. Are you going to bring it with you to Mexico? I don't know. That seems a little If you rude. said anywhere. I mean, yes, I could. I think I'm just going to... Avoid that question. So, uh, anyway, go to (laughs) funemployerview.com. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Again, we do appreciate it. And you're all uh, all wonderful people. And thank you for those of you who are members of the Supporters Club. We We know you don't have to be, but we appreciate those who are. It's $6.99. The first week is free. And it really does go a long way towards supporting us continuing this show. It's not cheap to keep the lights on and the show's (laughs) up. But because of your help, we are able to do that. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. Bye, friends. Bye.